You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back, folks, for another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider Post-Barbecue Edition, Post-Big-Time uh, Commitment Edition. I can say that because, you know, another four-star guy, four-star composite guy, and and big-time, when I'm when I use the word big, I mean that literally as well as Michigan got a big offensive lineman in the boat, a guy they've been chasing for some time. Joining me to reflect upon that, the crew from the Michigan Insider, the best in the land when it comes to football, basketball, and recruiting. Uh, starting off first with Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Good, guys. Good. Hope you guys are well. Absolutely. And Bryce Marriage, how you doing? Hey, Bryce, getting closer, man. Are you... St- your palms starting to sweat. You getting a little nervous. Knees weak. No, 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 I'm joking. nuptials. No, man, I'm I'm working. I'm I'm good. I'm good. You good. I'm good. I'm you know good. it's forever, right? It's forever. That that's what I was told. That's they what call I was it told. ball and chain for a reason. It's not a verbal commitment. This is a <laughs> this is signing the dot. This is yeah. That's how that works. All right, I was just making sure you're ready, man. I'll be there. Be there to support you. I appreciate. Send you that. off the right way. But, but guys, uh, Barbecue the Big House last week, uh, you know, Michigan, I, I would say that the contingent of 24s there was impressive, and they really got some momentum going. But uh, the biggest news to come out of the weekend was the commitment. And a guy that we had, we had heard would be in town, but it was kind of on the low. It was kind of hush-hush, Bryce. A guy who had not been able to make his visit back in June uh, because he came down uh, with an illness, but came back for the barbecue and left the Wolverine talking about Gonzaga preps. Uh, Evan Link out of Washington, D.C., a 6'7", 290-pound offensive lineman, a four-star guy officially in the fold for the Maize and Blue. Yeah, so this is a guy that Sharon Moore kind of targeted pretty early in the process and someone that they definitely liked. I mean, we've seen a lot of tackle offers go out as of late and even guard offers go out out as of late, but this is a guy that they've been on for a while. Um, he was supposed to come up for that official visit. Like you mentioned in June, he was unable to make it. So a lot of people kind of just wrote him off because they just assume, okay, he's trending towards Penn state or Stanford. That was kind of the consensus of kind of where he was leaning, but Michigan quietly kept a visit, a two day visit before the barbecue, a Friday, Saturday visit under wraps. He came up, and he enjoyed his time. You know, he really connected with the coaching staff. I think he really connected with the players on the team. He liked everything they have to offer. He's a high academic kid. He's going to major. Um, he's going to be an engineer major. And he's a very disciplined kid. I think he likes the structure around Michigan. I mean, both his parents were in the military. Um, he lived in Italy for a few years on base. And like I said, going back with the academics, his brother is a rower at Harvard. So academics is very key for him, but 6'6", like you said, I think 295 is right now. I think he can bulk up easily to 300 pounds. I think this is a good pairing with Herring, no pun intended. Um, But like I wrote on the board and everywhere else, this was a much-needed win and very important because this is a position that, let's be frank, they've missed some guys, you know, this cycle. And they kind of needed to pick up a big-time target. This was one of them. I think he's got a chance to also rise up the rankings as well. I think he's got that potential. And like you said, he plays at Gonzaga Prep. 
um, a school that plays St. John's, some really good quality teams. So you, you're going to see him go against some quality opponents this season. And I think overall, this is a pickup that everyone should be happy about. Yeah. And another DMV guy, Steve, I mean, I, I remember not, it wasn't this recruiting cycle. I mean, this is a continuation from what last year seemed to be a real concerted effort to try to establish themselves in that footprint. And here they are bringing in another uh, high-level prospect. I mean, Penn State, uh, you know, there's some talk of Stanford. I mean, he had a a number of high-profile offers, and here Michigan is uh, with Evan Link adding to their DMV contingent. Yeah, the DMV is an area, I mean, I think we've seen that talent level sort of rise in that area. Maybe throw Baltimore in there with St. Francis Academy, too. Just that whole general area is loaded with uh, prospects and a lot of linemen, uh, it kind of feels like, right? So a lot of defensive linemen, a lot of offensive linemen type guys. Got to reiterate what Bryce said, though. Michigan desperately needed this recruiting win. A lot of of, uh, catcalling or whatever, however you want to put it about uh, winning the Joe Moore Award, but not being able to close on a, on a pretty high amount of uh, tackles, especially. Uh, it felt like Michigan's finished second for like five guys uh, that they were really, really after. Uh, and I think people maybe expected a little bit more up front on the recruiting trail uh, coming off of such a not just successful season on the field, but successful season for the unit. You know, so to beat Penn State, who, yeah, I think for a while was probably considered the favorite in yeah, this one. Right is uh is pretty significant, which could be a whole different topic of how Penn State would beat Michigan for offensive linemen. Uh, but you know, it's a whole different topic, I think. But either way, uh, really, not just a talented kid, but yes, yeah, a position that they've really needed to uh, make a run at in this cycle. And uh, you know, they're obviously not done. Uh, you know, we think think what Bryce Caleb Lomu, the guy that was up for the barbecue, also from Arizona, is a guy. Um, I don't know if Fat Fatig, the kid, the Texas Tech commit. I don't know if he's athletic enough to play on the outside. I think he might be six four, two ninety, or whatever he is, a little bit undersized, but but is sort of that uber athlete type kid at that position. So I don't know if they maybe feel like he's a guy that could go, uh, kind of that malleable guy, uh, sort of like a Barnhart type or some of the other guys they've recruited up front. Uh, but either way, like I said, I think the biggest thing here is uh, Michigan just really needed uh, a tackle that was near the top of their board uh you know they've started to kind of dig down a little bit further as we said they've put out some more offers uh I do know though one one thing I guess on the flip side real quick is uh I do know Michigan feels like it's a deep cycle at tackle overall uh so missing on some guys it stinks you don't want that you always want to try to get the first some of the first wave of guys that you're after uh but might not be as dire a situation as it would have been in past cycles because it sounds like they think pretty highly of a lot of tackles out there. No doubt. They're not done. Not done to your point. Uh, tackle recruiting still want to add on the interior as well. So, but they had to get with all the guys that came off the board. I mean, I don't think it can be overstated what you said, uh, Steve is getting to the point. Like, I mean, we were, we were having that conversation about Fano, a couple of the guys that were, you know, top hundred guys. It's like, this just doesn't seem realistic. Who of the more realistic guys are they going to land? Evan Link was really the guy. He was really the last of the Mohicans, if you will. That's not to say that they won't get any of these other guys on the board. 
or that they wouldn't have, you know, they wouldn't have landed any of those high profile guys. Right. But this was the best shot. They got him in the fold. Now that gives you a little breathing room uh, when it comes to the rest of the, uh, the cycle, as far as recruiting offensive line is concerned, but the, the biggest name at the barbecue at the big house was Jaden Davis. And, you know, we spent some time both on the board and here on the podcast, I, I, trying to set expectations for people. I, you know, I don't know why, despite how many times we said it, why there were some folks that were expecting a commitment from Jaden Davis last weekend. That just was never in the cards. He had, he was very, uh, very, very clear when I talked to him in person, as were his coaches about his plan to go get out and really see a lot of schools to take a lot of visits and then to come back around next spring or summer and make a decision at that point. Now, Michigan had a lot of optimism and still has a lot of optimism and rightfully so. But I I think that a lot of folks were taking, maybe even Michigan to a certain extent was taking the extreme level of reciprocity. He really responds well to Matt Weiss, really likes Jim Harbaugh. And I think, as I said here before, the connection, the connections between the Michigan's coaching staff and Jane Davis are stronger than the connections that say they had with the two local quarterbacks. So that bodes well, but that doesn't mean that he's going to speed up and make a commitment. So uh, I think it's a huge win in and of itself to get him back on campus twice in the summer. And what was notable about this time around is you were able to get his family, not just his dad, but mom, little sister up. They took him over to Chrysler Center. And, you know, Fab Five was was brought up. So they start feeling that love. Little sister is a basketball player. Gave her some love as uh, Mike Moore's, Mike Moe's little, uh, you know, his sister is on the coaching staff now. So she's a former basketball player. So there was a whole lot of relationship building moments when he was on campus. And you just, there's no substitute for that. You got to grow that connection. And you got to grow it strong over time. Because here's the thing, Bryson, you said this. Let's say they got a commitment from Jaden Davis last week. Man, you got to hold on to that for over a year and a half. You got to be building a very, very strong relationship. You got to be building his appreciation for the NIL opportunities as well. Because, hey, you be naive to think that that won't play somewhat of a role. But I think I think with this one, they probably feel like it won't be the factor. It'll be a factor. And the guys that it's a factor for, Bryce, you can still get. I think Michigan feels that's the case with Jaden Davis. Yeah, so our own Steve Wolfong, the director of uh, recruiting at 24-7 Sports, wrote a great article with his father. And his father told him that Michigan simply just wrote out the red carpet on top of the red carpet. I mean, like you said, Sam, they went all out to make sure this visit was top-notch. And they excelled. They succeeded in that regard. This is a kid that has quickly become the top target on their board. And honestly, and I know Steve actually wrote some really interesting stuff on our board, little VIP you know, nuggets, but when Dante Moore first came off the board, what was your logical response? They're going to start offering kids in the 2023 class. What have we not seen? They have not offered anyone. And I think that kind of helps in this recruitment because I think, and I'm not saying they've told him this, but it's kind of 
in a way, in a sense, they don't have to, whereas we're not going to offer kids because we like where we're standing with you and you're our guy for that cycle and this cycle. I mean, this is the guy we love the most. You bring everything to the table and the cherry on top. He's got a couple four-star teammates also very interested in Michigan as well, that Michigan's showing a lot to, lot of interest in and they want all those guys as well which also helps yeah i think that was a good strategy putting all of those guys who are together a lot during the visit uh you know jane davis channing uh channing goodwin and then jordan ship and then also in that group was a marion stewart who uh, they say was was lights out at camp and i i think a marion stewart has has risen i think he's much higher michigan much higher on him than the recruiting rankings are right now I think they think he's a guy guy, like a difference maker type of dude. And with the strong connections he has, I mean, he's really tight with J.J., really tight with Tyler Morris, really tight with A.J. Henning. Obviously, uh, you know, as a former teammate on the uh, on the squad as well, and Tyler McLaurin. So you you got a ton of connections for that. And come to find out, his his big brother is uh, is playing for Eastern. And then second year playing for Eastern. So you got Todd Howard, who's one of his uh, little league coaches as well. And is there a lot of connections with the Marion Stewart? So you grow the connections between all those guys, those three receivers and Jaden Davis and sort of start making them think about being a, being the thing and start planting the seed, Steve. He, he they, you got to walk a line. You don't want to pressure a kid like that. But you do want to start, you know, kind of planting the seed, let them know, hey, you can be a class catalyst. You can get all these guys to come with you. You can be responsible for building this. And not just in 24, but in 23 as well. I don't think Michigan hammered with that, but I think they're starting to plant those kinds of seeds in his head. Uh, Stewart being paired with those guys is probably a clear indicator of how they feel about him, right? I mean, that's not a, I don't think that's a coincidence. That's, that, that's the one guy. Uh, outside of that group that they kind of put with him. So, uh, yeah, Michigan's had a lot of success in Illinois. I suspect they're probably in, in striking distance with Stewart. So, but with Jaden Davis, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I feel like, I feel like we're hearing and, and reading a lot more about, uh, like the effort, like, like the more tangible stuff about the, the effort that Michigan's putting in, not to say they weren't putting in effort in some other quarterback, recent quarterback recruitments, but, uh, I think the fact that they've been the Davis camp has been so open about how uh, hard Michigan's been recruiting them, you know, really kind of shows you that that I think they're playing their cards uh, totally right at this point in the process with him. And and yeah, I mean, yeah, like I think I don't, yeah, like you said, Sam, I don't know how many times we had to try to say, uh, you know, he's he's not <laughs> committing this weekend. Any prediction of him to commit this weekend was just. Uh, foolhearted attempt to to try to look like you were first right I mean that's really all it was uh you know we none of us were predicting him to do it this weekend and uh really it was more about can Michigan continue to build that foundation that they build on the first visit and you know roll out that red carpet again and work towards getting him back up for a game this season uh sounds like they did all three of those things and yeah I I, mean, I, I gotta think that I think they've positioned themselves uh, pretty well overall right now. Uh, obviously, Georgia always going to be a factor, right? And he's got everyone else after him too. But I think right now it feels like those two teams are probably Michigan, Georgia, probably the two teams. Uh, at least I'd say that have done the 
maybe the most effective uh, with him and his family at this point in the process. So um, going to be a fun one, but, but kind of a guy, yeah, Michigan, again, we've talked before, Michigan has a lot of sort of random aces up their sleeve in this when you talk about the teammates who Michigan are actually recruiting those guys. It's not lip service, uh, right? They're not just, you know, pretending to recruit these other, like they really would take all of these guys, uh, right? And so even dig down to 25 with David Sanders. I know, Sam, you saw him in person. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> he's going to be, right? He's he's right. He might be ranked higher than Davis when the 25 yeah, rankings come out, right? So, yeah, that, that you know, dude, he's legit. Michigan was the first school to offer him. So, I mean, they've been showing uh, the Providence Day School kids love for a long time. This is not a new thing, and this is not a Jaden Davis uh, thing. This is like real Michigan really recruiting these kids there. So, you know, and I think feels like his camp has a, enough gravity to realize that too and see that it's not some kind of just recruiting pitch designed to get him to commit to the school. It's like, hey, we really want you and your teammates uh, uh, to play for us, so yeah, no doubt. You know what I think with to your point about Jaden Davis, I, I, and and the effort recruiting him. Look, uh, and we made it a point to emphasize this. I don't think that it was about effort with with uh, with Dante or or with CJ, but I I think that you can you can feel um you can sort of feel how this you know the 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 sort of receptiveness that the coaches are feeling you can you can see that kind of reflected in any in interaction from afar it's just a different kind of connection that's formed here i i wish i wish i could explain it better but you know how it is when you know you go talk to um, we can liken to say you go talk to a girl you can put forth all the effort that you in in the world you can be you know putting forth the, the best lines but the one that's responding to you with with a smile and a wink and a nod is sort of giving you those those cues it sort of encourages you even more and it, it builds your confidence it it sort of makes you it makes your presence in in, in that courtship a little bit stronger i mean you're walking a little bit taller your, your swag is a little bit better right oh, i got it's, that problem yeah when you when you but when you're fit i guess yeah i guess when you're bryce lover right you 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 get that kind of reaction from all the ladies. I guess that's what you're saying. But my point is, the vibe that he's giving back to them is different, and and I, I think that it lends itself to the coaches sort of feeling a, a greater connection to to the the sort of informal relationship things where it's not you aren't always talking about football, right? Those those kinds of conversations flow a little easier when you when you feel that kind of connection. I, I kind of sense that that's what's at play with, with Jaden Davis. Some I mean you just click better with some some coaches just click better with some guys more than they do others. And I sense that that's the case here. Now will that result in a commitment? That I don't know. But I want to bring up for a minute and, and sort of preview because been chasing down Chris Peel. Got some you know, got some feedback on his visit. He's a very elusive guy. As a matter of fact, one of the most interesting things is he didn't really interact a ton with the Providence Day guys at the barbecue. He's just a, he just marches to the beat of his own drummer, just a different dude. But Michigan, I think, scored well getting him on campus this time around because then they're going to wind up getting him back 
on the 16th. What is that, the UConn game? Whatever the game, the weekend of the 16th in September is, he'll be back. You might recall on the Recruiting Insider uh, a month or so ago, said that North Carolina State was talking about having him up that weekend as well. Well, it looks like that's not – I don't know when he's going to visit NC State, uh, but it's going to be Michigan that weekend. That has been confirmed, and that is important because he came up with his mom. Uh, you know, had to get her, her had to get her used to it. The I guess the interesting thing was, you know, they they're looking at a lot of things, looking at weather. It was a good weekend, right? The the curious thing is, they're from Rhode Island. They're from Rhode Island, but they live in North Carolina now. So, you know, walking that, also getting a face to face feel for Clink. I think the relationship had been growing, but the difference is he has seen those other schools. Like, he's been to Georgia. He's connected with those coaches. He's around the corner from NC State. He's been there, right? And so Michigan had a gap to really bridge by getting him on campus, and I think Clink has really laid some good groundwork there. Is going to be able to follow it up by getting him back up for a game uh, in less than a month. And, you know, maybe, maybe Michigan can lean into some more of their connections. You got to work your connection. So, who are some connections there? They got a, a a former first round pick that was from Rhode Island, right? That was an up and coming prospect, right? I think we know his name, Quitty Pay. Uh, you know, you got a former first round pick that that starred at Michigan in the mid nineties that was drafted by the Carolina Panthers and has become a businessman in the Carolina area named Shamunga Biaka Batuka. Like you, you have some some ties, some ties around, some ties in the area where where the Michigan presence can be felt, and so we'll see if that kind of that kind of if that kind of presence starts being felt by uh, by Chris Peel. Every little bit helps, Steve, because this is a this is a guy guy on Michigan's board. Yeah, and and like you said, like him being as quiet as he is, it kind of maybe a lot like Evan Link, honestly. Right right uh underscores like how badly michigan wants him uh they've been recruiting chris peel forever right and then and then michigan was one of the first offers again here we are providence day school michigan <laughs> won the first to offer chris peel he's right. now a comp i believe he's a composite four star now um has been rising up the rankings steadily but but really is a recruiting a recruit a race that michigan really really wants to win uh and, and again, yeah, it's, it, so sometimes with those guys that don't like the spotlight, don't like the interviews, don't like to talk, you know, it's harder to kind of convey uh, how much Michigan wants them. But I think, but, you know, Lincoln and, and Peel uh, perfectly kind of encapsulate that situation, you know, because I put Peel right up there with some of the bigger names, at least as far as like how much Michigan has prioritized them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you talk about guys like uh, Jordan Matthews, Jacoby Johnson, uh, Vickers, like I'd put Peel in that category, for sure. I don't think anybody's as good as Tobiano. I think he's on a whole different level than all these than a lot of these other corners are. But but as far as like those other like those other top one hundred level guys, uh, I think Michigan views Peel uh, in the same light. You know, so don't look at his ranking. You know, he's a classic. Another one. Uh, don't look at his ranking yet, anyway, because I think he's going to keep going up. Uh, but don't look at it right now and and think that Michigan doesn't view him the same way they view. Uh, some of these highly, more highly ranked guys that may end up elsewhere. Yeah, track guy, prototypical size. I mean, you like that. 
yeah, there are some other there, there's other Michigan flavor. I mentioned the the Michigan contingent around him. You got Jonathan Goodwin right there at the school, right? So every little bit helps in in this mix when you're trying to make an impression on a kid like that and and draw him out of region. Uh, but to your point, Steve, yeah, I mean, they he is a guy guy for Michigan. Uh, forget what the rankings say right now. I know that might seem uh, a little a little counterintuitive or, or oxymoronic for, for me to say or for us to say on a recruiting site. But, you know, there, sometimes the recruiting rankings have to catch up. And I think that that's the case with, uh, with Chris Peel. Another guy that they're very high on, I want you guys' perspective on this. You know, Jair Hill, he, uh, he also made it back. I can't even count how many times Jair Hill has been on campus. Four-star guy, terrific athlete can play anywhere in the secondary, but I think Michigan values him most as a corner. Uh, I mean, he he starts on both sides of the ball at Kankakee. I've been very close to putting in a crystal ball several times. I've been reluctant uh, for a couple of reasons. First thing I heard was that he, one of the reasons why he was kind of pulling back on Michigan was because everyone was assuming. He, he was kind of getting put off by how he thought everyone was assuming he was just going to go to Michigan, right? That that was a thing. Uh, and then the other thing was there started to be some question, not from him, but I guess from from his parents about uh, the stability for Harbaugh in, in the job. So that's been ad- that's since been addressed. Now I sort of get the feeling because I, I went to Kankakee. Kankakee is not really that close to Chicago, right? When you 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 think uh, Chicago area. It's actually about an hour away, hour and some change away. It's really in the country. And so as I went down, talked to him in his school, talked to his coach, I went to a local establishment uh, and and had a, a bite to eat and a, you know, and, and something to drink at this local establishment. One of the one of the guys there, uh, one of the trainers there at the school, and he was sort of giving me the vibe like, you know, he's a small town dude. He's a small town dude in Illinois is throwing the kitchen sink at him. I mean, you're, you're the program guy. So you're, you're, you're the program guy, closer to home. I mean, if you've ever been to Illinois, you're dry. I mean, man, it is, it is the country as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But lots of things lend themselves to having a greater comfort level with Illinois. Now, this is not me making an excuse and conceding them because if Michigan loses Jair Hill to to Illinois of all teams, that is a that's a huge loss. I mean, you this is a dude for the number of times they've had him on campus, how they prioritized him. I mean, if you lose him in Illinois, it's a it's a big loss. This is one of those guys, one of those must get guys, at least to me, on the board for Michigan. And if they don't get, I'd I'd say, hey man, um, it's, it's not Dante Moore level because he's a quarterback and he's a five-star, but whatever the next rung, whatever the next level is, he's that to me. But it reminds me of Kenyon Sadiq. With Kenyon Sadiq and, and Jair Hill, my opinion, and I want you guys on it, I think they got to get those two guys over the hump with big stage. You know, getting them more comfortable with, with leaving Idaho and being on the big stage. I mean, I, he's looking at Iowa State. It's like, why would a kid choose Iowa State over Michigan? I think it's the stage, man. And I think it's the same thing to a certain extent with Jair Hill. Like, this is a huge stage 
farther away from home, much different setting than he he is accustomed to playing. Well, it's not to say that he won't do it, but when you when you pair that with every coach from Illinois, every single coach made it by his school during the time. Like he's been recruited by the whole staff. They made it. You're there. You're our Michael Jordan. Is basically what they're saying. So if the home school that you feel really comfortable with is saying that to you, it's a it's really hard to turn that down. And I think that's where they are with Jair Hill there, Bryce. Yeah, I, you know, for me, speaking with those two guys, the two ways, if I was Michigan, how I'd counter that is you have to have a familiar face on campus. So if Kenyon, you have Colston Loveland, you know, a guy you can relate to, you can talk to. He's been to Idaho. He's from Idaho. So he knows what it's like to now go from Idaho to, you know, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Whereas Jair, he's got A.J. Henning, J.J. McCarthy, Trevor Keegan. It's not like they lack guys from Illinois in the roster of Michigan. And the other thing, too, where I'm a little, like, I get these other schools might be trending, but I'm not willing to say write them off quite yet is because look at the people recruiting in both this recruitments. With Jire Hill, you have Sharon Moore, and you have Clank, two of the best recruiters. With Kenyon, you have Ron Bellamy, who's shown in one year he can definitely recruit, and Jay Harbaugh, whose track record speaks for itself. So if those are two things you act to counter, right. I'm still right. feeling pretty good. But like you right. said, no way to say it. If they lose, especially Jire Hill, if they put it, decent amount of X in that basket, you can't sugarcoat it and say that wouldn't be lost because it would be definitely a big loss. And we were talking about levels and tiers. You would have to dip down and probably find the next guy. And I don't know if they're going to find a guy who's in the Midwest base as good as him as well. That's the other yeah. thing that's a worrisome. Yeah, that's the thing. He's a, That's the other thing, Steve. He's, he's a footprint guy. So if you, especially with NIL, uh, you just feel like, uh, you know, the the it it just got that much harder to pull guys out of region, uh, especially with Michigan's NIL approach. Uh, so uh, it, it magnifies the significance, the importance of getting in in state guys when they're good enough, right? And footprint guys when when they are, you know, a top two four seven guy like Jair Hill who's been on campus 35 times. I know I'm exaggerating, but you get the point. This kid, I, I don't I can't, I've lost track how many times Jair Hill has been on campus, Steve. Are we just going to, like, we're just going to, if he ends up picking Illinois, I think, are we just going to throw up our hands? Uh, right. 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 Given, didn't he say and the NIL pitch was Michigan's strength? On yes. Program? Yes. Like, you mad? When we talk about only that would happen in Michigan, that would maybe be the most prime example after all the crap, you know, that we've had to read all summer about Michigan dropping the ball with NIL, that they would lose to Illinois for a top 247 kid who who said that Michigan's NIL pitch was the strength of one of his visits. Like, it's just like, like, what, what do we say when that happens? You know, it's like, well, what, you know, what more could they have done? In that regard, I you know I don't know, um, I you know I, I just I don't know I, I you got it. Here's the thing, I, do you, I know. Do you, you know like I'm running. I don't even know where. To, I hear you. I right? Hear you. It's like you know. Do you hope that these guys? I, I, great uh, point to bring Sadiq in as a similar situation because it is. He's definitely that's definitely the uh, 
the hurdle that Michigan's had to kind of overcome in that one for sure. And, you know, again, with NIL, you got, you'd think, you know, um, <laughs> like you're talking Iowa State and Illinois. You know, I know Iowa State's had some good seasons under Matt Campbell for sure. Matt Campbell, a good coach, good evaluator. Uh, but, you know, man, uh, I was Michigan. I think Michigan even may have offered Sadiq before Iowa State did, if I remember right. I mean, I could, that couldn't, I might have to fact check that one, but I know, remember Michigan got in uh, relatively early there. But yeah, I mean, you just, Kind of throw your hands up. Uh, Ann Arbor's still small enough. You can hide in Ann Arbor. You know, like, you know it's not that big a town. Not that yeah, big a city. Someone, know. I can't well, remember. Hey, listen, was. compared to Idaho. One, one of the guys no, was on campus. I remember talking to one of the guys when he was on campus, one of the, uh, one of the other visitors, uh, and he sort of relayed a, a moment where he was just kind of like looking out on the field, like with big eyes, like, Wow. You know, almost have to say, man, can I, you know, can I play here? Like on this, like he's good enough physically, no question. But it's you're leaving, you're leaving Idaho, and you're going to the biggest stadium in the country, right? I mean, I I can see how that would give you pause, but coast like Coastal Loveland said, he and I asked him about, I asked him a very pointed question: If you were talking to a kid from Idaho, what would you, what would you say? about coming to Michigan, he said, man, it, it may seem bigger, but with the level of support that you get, and he hasn't played a game yet, of course, but still, he said the, he's been on campus for, what, seven months, and he's like, man, it's been, the transition has been as smooth as you could possibly expect with the level of support you get from all the coaches and, and players, and then he brought in fans and said just the love that he feels all around is not as intimidating as you might think. So. Now, can they convince Kenyon Sadiq of that? I'm I'm with you, Bryce. I, I would still give Michigan the edge with both guys, but I'm just not ready to go crystal ball. <laughs> I'm not ready to go crystal. Me, I gotta feel like it's I gotta feel pretty good about Michigan getting a guy for me to throw in a crystal ball. I don't just throw him in. And I, I would probably tip the scales in Michigan's favor some. I would like maybe be at a five. Uh, but I don't put in crystal ball unless I can at least throw down a six, and I'm not ready to throw down a six on either of those guys. So that is that is my measure. But let's take a pause here. When we come back on the other side, let's pick out a guy or two from the throng of barbecue visitors that you say, hey, man, you know what? I, that really resonate. That guy, the, the visit, what he had to say about the barbecue, really resonates with me about where Michigan stands with this guy now. We'll get into some more barbecue standouts when we come back on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back, folks, here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And so uh, other barbecue visitors, there were a slew, there was a slew of them, Bryce, but Anyone you want to single out? Like, if you had to pick out another guy that you found really intriguing that you think Michigan is really trending up with coming out of the barbecue, who would that be? I'm going to pick someone, speaking of crystal balls, that I put one in for, which was a tight end, Zach Marshall. He's a guy, 2023 athlete, but Michigan likes him at tight end. And he came in. This was his first ever visit to campus, came with his mom. And he didn't have an offer, though, but – he got one after working out with them. And I think Michigan kind of in their head was they were expecting probably two offer. But when he came up here and he worked on the morning portion of this barbecue uh, visit, they were blown away. I mean, they're absolutely blown away what he's done. And so going back to the spring, we've seen his um, ranking rise to he's gained about 20, 25 pounds. He's got a good vertical. Um, everything about him screams like this guy has a huge ceiling, like high upside. And I think he'd be perfect with, you know, Tony uh, Ticchielli. And uh, I just think with him, when I talked to him, he said a big thing was Grant Newsom. That relationship he had with him, he really connected with him. I talked to a lot of the tight ends they had on campus, which – Michigan did a really good job being a lot of these top tight ends in the country from the 2023 class, but more so in the 2024 class. And they made it very clear to me that this is a guy we really connect with because he was in that social media era where, you know, recruiting was still a really big thing and you tweet out your offers and he just gets it. You know, he's been around that era. He was coached by Harbaugh. So he's seen the ins and outs of this program. And at the end of the day, I know for Marshall, that was a big draw for him. And right now, I think it's Utah and Michigan. One one reason I was a little leery of putting that in, because he said, well, I want to see Michigan again for a game. And he's like, Michigan's near the top of my list, or at the top, but I'm a little leery about the weather. And so I'm thinking, oh, my God. Oh, man. Right? <laughs> well, well, he's considering Utah one. So I'm like, how much is the weather going to be greater there? But then I was like, when are you deciding? Well, probably in the next month or maybe two. So I'm like, oh, okay. If you come for a visit in September to Michigan or at least early October, I think the weather's still going to be decent for him. You know, it's not like he's coming for a late November game at Michigan. So I felt good enough there. He's got a high production, 45 catches over a thousand yards. He's shown the ability to, you know, excel with blocking and also catching. I think he'd be a perfect fit, like I said, of Tony Ellie. And then the other guy for me, the second guy, is Donovan Harbor, a guy, Sam, we actually had in studio, 6'5", 310 pounds from Wisconsin. He came with a group from Wisconsin, a bunch of his teammates. And he really enjoyed his time. He really liked working with Sharon Moore in that, like, camp setting and kind of saying, okay, this is how he works with the guys. He's not a screamer. He really teaches everyone, makes sure everyone gets the drill, and he doesn't move on. And that was something that really stood out to him along with the Joe Moore Award. So those two guys, I definitely feel Michigan did obviously really good with. I put in a crystal ball for the one. Um, and like I said, I think they made a move for 
not just those two guys, but several others. I know you talked to some in the studio that you feel probably way better about as well. Yeah, let's go to you next, Steve. I mean, who would you pick out as a, a guy or, or guys that you really feel Michigan is trending up with coming off the barbecue? In 24, it feels like there's like a, at least a handful, right? Uh, Jordan Anderson, the California receiver, seemed to really like his visit. How many times has Eddie Turk been to campus now? I mean, he's been up like four or five times already, I want to say. Uh, Specka, Anthony Specka, the linebacker too, right, Bryce? Didn't you say you think they lead for him? Yeah. Uh, he's another one. And then uh, Brian Robinson out of Youngstown, Ohio, is another guy. Uh you know, all four-star prospects that Michigan, you could argue, maybe lead uh, for all four of those guys, really, at this point. With Jordan Anderson, we'll see. I mean, Cali kid, you know, a little bit of a tougher haul in those. Uh, other ones, those are the uh, – was it Hamilton and Roebuck, the two offensive linemen out of Ohio, too, uh, are guys that, you know, Michigan maybe doing a little better. Like, maybe some shots with these kids in Ohio, maybe a little bit better than – uh, past cycles. Uh, we'll see uh, again. And we, we may wake up in December and all these guys are committed to Ohio state, but um, either way, if it does feel like Michigan's in a, maybe a better position with some of those guys than they were uh, with some of the other ones, like with Luke Montgomery, didn't it always kind of feel like Ohio state, even though he, you know, he, like he kept visiting and stuff. It always just kind of felt like Ohio state, but uh, maybe with these guys, it's a little bit different. So uh, yeah, a lot of guys. That's why I think quietly, I think the barbecue was really effective for Michigan. Not we talked about twenty three as there weren't a ton of guys up, but in twenty four it really feels like uh, they made a lot of. Move. I mean, you're talking Channing Goodwin, a uh, legacy prospect, and then Jordan Ship. I mean, anybody from uh, Providence Day School, but uh, again, lots of names that it feels like Michigan at the very least made a move with, if not are in, in pole position for at this point. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and and you mentioned Brian Robinson; he's definitely a guy coming off the visit that I feel like. Michigan really made a move with uh, and you know it probably sh- it should have been predictable in retrospect because he's a Youngstown guy and what I didn't know uh, about him being a Youngstown guy is that he is you know his dad grew up a street over from Steve Klinkscale I-, I really think that at the end of the day that kid's recruitment I, I think Michigan is going to be there in the final round However many teams he has, Michigan will be there, and I think Kentucky will be there. Uh, you know, Vince Merrill being a, a Youngstown guy, too, happens to be Clink's cousin, of course. But uh, those those family ties, I think, are going to loom large. Bryce, you mentioned they came by the studio. And just to give folks a little bit of a, a snippet, just a little bit of a, of a uh, you know, just a little bit of a, of a preview of what's to come. We got a chance to, uh, to talk to Brian Robinson. So I share that right now with him talking about how he feels about Michigan's, uh, how he feels about Michigan's coaches coming out of the barbecue, because that was one of the things that he really singled out the bonds that he feels like are getting stronger with the, uh, with the coaching staff. So here is Brian Robinson. Coach Dylan great guy. I, I was working with him today. Okay. Had a wonderful time. So let's talk about the vibe with Coach Elston, your your would-be position coach, for instance, if you were to choose Michigan. What do you think of Coach Elston? What's the vibe like with him? Man, he, 
keep you straightforward with you. He's straightforward. You break down film. He's he gonna show you what you need to work on. He's gonna tell you what you need to work on. And he 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 don't let you just go through it, drill. He'll coach you through it. He's gonna show you where your foot needs to be, hand placement. It's gonna come naturally. Go just be smooth. And we say you ain't gotta force everything, just be smooth. Okay. All right, so the coaching, it sounds like the coaching style you really took to today. Is that fair to say? Yes, sir. All right. So as far as your your area recruiter, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the, the Youngstown tie and Steve Clinkscale. So yes, it seems like just the hometown vibe is there. But what's, what's the vibe like? You tell me in your own words. What's the vibe like with Coach Clink? Man, it's wonderful. It, he raised one street over from me. And you think because hometown he'll lighten up on me, but he only go harder. <laughs> he ain't gonna sugarcoat nothing with me. He disciplined. He don't care. He, he don't tell you what you can do. He tell you what you can't do. Okay. So, I mean, I love him for it. Yeah, guys, that is one of those things where when you when you think about when you think about the the connection to a kid, I mean, you just cannot be. You can't be. Uh, you know, having a, a a history with a guy. I mean, Steve Klinsky has known that kid's dad uh, since they were kids. Now, you know, Kentucky has the same sort of connection there, but, man, you've got him on campus. What did he say now? Three times now Brian Robinson's been on campus? Bryce, I mean, that's that's a big deal. He's starting to compete with Jair Hill. He's getting up there <laughs> quite a bit, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think Michigan and and Kentucky will be strong there. Marquis Lightfoot is another one I think that they're trending pretty well with. Um, you know, spoke really really highly of the coaches. I think Michigan State looms large in that recruitment. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, I agree with you, Steve. I, I know the ultimate measure is who did you get, and that's what a lot of fans. Are, are saying, but if you just look at the groundwork that they are that they are sort of putting together, that they're laying with the 24 guys, I think they did a lot of good work in that cycle or for the 24 cycle at the barbecue. And then, again, you you advanced the ball with some of the 23s as well. You mentioned Zach Marshall. I think they they moved a step ahead with uh, with Chris Peel, Jair Hill. I mean, there's something to be said for the 23s uh, as well. So now, guys. Now we start. We're starting to get into. It's about to be game time. So big, big recruiting storylines heading into the season. Steve, like, what is there? What's the big recruitment for fans to be keeping their eye on right now as we head into this season? Uh, I'd say there's a few. Um, I guess not so much a specific recruitment for me as much as like, where is Michigan going to go at linebacker? Hmm. Right. Uh, they definitely want another one. There's the DeSerio Riles kid out of Florida they offered a while ago. I think Florida's actually been sniffing around there a little bit. You know, does Michigan turn the heat up there? Uh, that's what I'm kind of watching. And then some of these defensive back battles too. Uh, yeah. Right? I mean, that, I think defense, like especially corner, not convinced they're even going to take a safety or, or a primarily safety. Maybe they'll take a guy uh, that could play either one. I think you mentioned Jair Hill's one that's probably capable of playing either spot if it turned into that. But uh, those are kind of the races. Really, it probably is the Jair Hill race, honestly, is, is the one that might be the most interesting. I'm, I'm interested to find out what the timeline is. I mean, maybe if you guys – he has not made any kind of concrete no. timeline, right? 
No. I mean, he, told, he told me he told me during the season, sometime right? during the season, he thought right. he was gonna he thought he was gonna make it, uh, but it, that was not a firm uh, timeline. He just you, he, Michigan, he mentioned that seeming like it was the earliest he would do he would make it would be like middle of the season. If you're Michigan, I, I that can't be a bad thing. You got to think right. You have to think because that's what we had a good question in the chat today about. Well, not really a good question. It's kind of the same question I always get about where Michigan's going to finish in the rankings. But, you know, I, I think the one kind of big picture thing to think about is we've talked about, like, Michigan would always get really hot in the spring and summer. They'd go into the season. They'd have a good season, but they'd kind of fall, you know, November. They'd, they'd kind of sputter to the finish line. And there was always a scramble to kind of hang on to the class they had and then try to maybe find some diamonds in the rough late. I mean, we think Michigan is should win at least 10 games this year, right? I mean, on paper, feels a lot different. Like, I think it could be a situation where it's it's not going to be the same way it was before where, where you know, NIL is a thing. We know that. But winning games is still going to help you on the recruiting trail at the end of the day. And if Michigan is 10-1 and or even 11-0, and let's say, going into Columbus at the end of the season, got to think that Michigan is still going to be able to close strong on the recruiting trail, you know, it won't be the same story as it's been in years past where they lose the last couple of games in November, maybe kind of limp into the bowl game uh, with really no momentum and, and really have to scramble to, to close things out. So uh, yeah, a little long winded there, but this is kind of my thoughts in general right now. Bryce, a uh, big recruiting storyline or, or positional recruiting or a specific recruit you're looking at heading into the season. I would say probably two. One, Michigan's done a really good job with edge recruiting, and they've shored up kind of the guys they want in the cycle. But interior-wise, you know, Mikel Gardner was supposed to come up for the barbecue. He didn't come up. He actually committed to Oregon. Uh, Caden McDonald, you know, was supposed to come for the barbecue. He was down at Florida. Um, There's talks of Maybe he'll be up for the Y game. We'll confirm that, yes or no, if that's really happening this week. But there's a lot of talk also now is he a take at Clemson, you know, and Clemson's a factor there. And then Xavier McLeod, you know, he's a guy that took a trip in June to Michigan, really had a good time. But South Carolina, a um, bunch of other schools down south are really making a strong push, and now it seems like he's going to stay south. So where do you turn in the interior, you know, and look for those big bodies and – like I said, it's kind of tough because a lot of them, if you look at the cycle, have committed already. So they might have to try to flip someone. In a, and obviously the biggest one I'm following and recruiting is Nicholas Harbour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 the, game. that's the layup. But yeah, man. Yeah. Nick Harbour. Nick Harbour, Nick Harbour, Nick Harbour. Uh, we had already reported on the board. They were looking to try to get him up for the barbecue. Then they found out he had Junior Olympics. Uh, then they tried to get him up heading into the barbecue, but he was going to be traveling early for that. And I think he was going to make it down to South Carolina. I don't know if he actually made that trip or not. He did. But, but they will get him back up on campus uh, for a game. That That's 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 going down. And so I just – I think Michigan is in a really good place in that recruitment. I, as I've said a million times before, it feels like, uh, NIL won't be the factor for him that it is for us. I think it's a, it's a factor for every guy at this point. How could it not be? But it won't be the determining factor because that kid knows he's going to get big-time NIL wherever he goes. Can they right, clear the, the track hurdle compared to some of the other schools that have reason to believe 
uh, that, you know, they, they feel like the track piece is going to be okay. Uh, but can it be okay enough for to, to get them on board? That remains to be seen. I think they have done the, the position thing, which we talked about for a long time, laying out a plan, like the life plan for him. But how he can achieve that level of success, the level of success that he wants to achieve in both sports. For, for a kid like that, just saying you can play both sports, that's not good enough. You got to lay out for him how are you going to do it. And the position thing is a part of it. Like if you're serious about him being a track athlete and competing in the Olympics, you're saying, hey, we want you're going to be a receiver. You're going to be a pass catcher because we know that's conducive to you competing in track competing in track. And this is how it's going to work in the spring and the summer and how we're going to, how things are going to be staggered for you to be able to go over and compete in that sport. These are the, you know, the different resources you're going to have access to. Here are some people in the past who have competed in both successfully. Now, maybe not at an Olympic level, but certainly at a college level, man, I'd have this kid on the phone with Tyrone Wheatley. You know, Tyrone Wheatley was an outstanding hurdler and sprinter. Uh, in high school and at Michigan, right? And Nick Harper's faster than Wheat. Uh, you don't say that about many guys. He's faster than Wheat. So I would have him on the on the phone with with guys like that. Michigan's had Olympic uh, Olympic track athletes that I think they can get on a horn as well. I would be working that out in a way that is, you know, in the in this day and age, you can figure out ways to to do those kind of bumps legally. And it, I'm sorry. Uh, I remove all pretense from from stuff like that these days because you can figure out a way. Schools are figuring out out ways to to pay athletes, to pay prospects within the NIL rules, right? So if you can figure out ways to pay prospects without within the NIL rules, you can figure out ways for you know guys who have achieved success in the in the endeavors that Nick Harbor is looking to achieve success in. You can figure out ways for him to be able to connect with those. For instance, case in point, case in point, he went to a speaking at one of Desmond Howard's speaking engagements. You can't tell me that's that's excellent product placement. He happened to be in the DMV. My man goes to a, a Desmond Howard chat and he's like, boom, it was a fantastic moment that he had with uh, listening to Desmond Howard speak and meeting him after the speech. So those are the kinds of things you can work out. Those are the kinds of things you got to do to get a Nick Harbor. You know, who would be an all-time standout recruit uh, for me. I don't know what he would be as a performer once he got here. I suspect he would be outstanding. But just as a prospect, ranked five-star, both-sport guy, I'd be huge. Huge, huge, huge at Michigan. That that would be the class guy. He'd be the guy that you point to and say, this is who was the focal point of the class if Michigan can pull it off. Time will tell if they can. But, folks... Uh, you can find a lot of this that kind of conversation all the time over the MichiganInsider.com. Uh, Marquis Lightfoot. Uh, you also have uh, Brian Robinson and many, many more still to come over the MichiganInsider.com. So be sure to check us out. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.